Today and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 226 on this Friday, August 11th. Glad to have you with us today. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, right here in beautiful Barragata, Guam. So glad you could be with us today. Many people are listening on the radio, 88.1 FM, all across Guam. Beautiful Christian music and Bible-based programming, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for over 21 years on 88.1 FM here in Guam. But a lot of people also listen online. Go to khmg.org. KHMG is our call sign. You can go to khmg.org, and there are a number of ways you can listen there. You can listen to our live stream. You can listen to podcasts of this show and many other shows that we produce here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. You can also let us know you're listening through the website, khmg.org, or go to our Facebook page. That's how we really like to interact with people that want to leave us comments and feedback. We can tell when we have a new person click on our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Harvest Family Radio Guam. And if you have any family members that are trying to keep up on what's happening here in this part of the world, have them click on our Facebook page and follow us. Like us, follow us. Leave us a little comment. Let us know that they're listening. That would be great. Let us know if you're looking for any information as well. If you have people around the world that are looking for reliable information, we will try to connect them to the most reliable news and information plus our programming that we release from Harvest Family Radio as well. But we are glad you're with us. This Live Till 5 show we've been doing now for 226 episodes. We do this intentionally on Friday afternoons to offer an alternative for our audience here at Harvest and really the greater audience across the island and around the world. It's an alternative kind of a fun, lighthearted alternative to what's available out there. We want you to be able to turn on the radio or listen to the podcast and just let it ride. Just listen to the whole thing. If you're one of those people that can't listen to two straight hours of radio, have no fear. Noon to two on Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights, you can listen to the show in its entirety as we rebroadcast live till five. Noon to two Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us on the rebound. We would love to have you tuning in at that time. If you ever miss part of the show or you want to hear part of it again or you want to tell someone else to listen live, they can do that. Or you can download the entire podcast of the show from khmg.org. A lot of people do that as well. And then you can put the link there on your own social media, which is really helpful to us as well. We like to spread the word about not just this show, but our radio station, our radio ministry, 21 years and running 
here in Guam and around the world. And we're glad to be part of your Friday afternoon. And it is August 11th, Friday, August 11th, if you're listening to the live show, 3.08 p.m., August 11th. Tonight is the parent-teacher orientation for middle school and high school at Harvest Christian Academy. So some of you parents are eagerly awaiting the return of your children to school, and some of the children are not so eager about going back. I've heard of some little kids, though, that do want to go back, but as they get older, I think that that wanes a little bit. But August not only is returning to school month, but it is also American Adventures Month. This is provided to me, by the way, by Bob the Librarian, who is always so gracious to send me good stuff, including this list of what August is. American Artist Appreciation, Indian Heritage, History Essay Contest, Black Business, Boomers Making a Difference, Bystander Awareness, Cataract Awareness, Celery, Fennel, and Cactus Month. I don't know if those are, is that one holiday and you have to celebrate celery, fennel, and cactus, or are they three separate holidays? Not sure. Children's Eye Health and Safety, Children's Vision and Learning, Family Meals, Foot Health, Get Acquainted to Kiwi Fruit, Get Ready for Kindergarten, Happiness Happens, Medic Alert, and Motor Sports Awareness Month, to name a few. And then a few notable weeks. We're coming off of Exercise with Your Child Week, ending on the 12th. Elvis Week starts today. Elvis Week, yes, thank you very much. Exhibitor Appreciation Week ends today. Feeding Pets of the Homeless Week begins on the 13th through the 19th. Gallup International Tribal Indian Pow Wow, August 10th through the 14th. I see a lot on social media about this. I have uh, one of my uh, aunts, as we say back in Missouri, aunt, as most people say, or auntie or auntie, as people in this part of the world say, she is really a, a follower and an, a, someone that really appreciates Native American heritage things. And so she's been posting a lot about the big uh, powwow happening in the Gallup International Tribal Indian Powwow, August 10th through the 14th. International Assistance Dog Week is ending tomorrow on the 12th. International Clown Week ended a few days ago. Knights of Columbus Family Week ends tomorrow. Kool-Aid Day is today. National Apple Week begins on the 13th. National Aviation Week begins on the 15th. National Bargain Hunting Week be- began on the 7th, ends on the 13th. Farmer's Market Week ends tomorrow. And Fraud Awareness Week also ends tomorrow, just to name a few here. And then as far as special daily observances, let's just talk about a few, including today, the 11th of August is Ingersoll Day, National Raspberry Tart Day, Presidential Joke Day, Shop Online for Groceries Day, Son and Daughter Day, and Worldwide Art Day. Tomorrow, the 12th, IBM PC Day, International... Back to IBM PCs. Uh, Let me just get on a sidetrack here. Do you remember your first interaction with an IBM computer? When I joined the Air Force in the early 1990s, we started out using IBM... I think it was the IBM XT computer... And then we moved to the AT computer. Then we moved to the 286, the 386, the 486, and then the 586, which they the name, I believe, became Pentium, like 5, because it was the 586. And then it just took off from there. But we started off on the IBM XT computers with the large floppy drive. Do you remember that? Anyway, walk down memory lane there. IBM PC day is tomorrow. 
Personal Computer Day, International Youth Day, Julian Fries, Middle Child Day. Ah, we always forget about that holiday. National Bowling Day, National Garage Sale Day, National Sewing Machine Day, Vinyl Record Day, and World Elephant Day. The 13th, Sunday, International Left-Handers Day, National Filet Mignon Day, and National Spirit of 45 Day. The 14th, National Creamsicle Day, Navajo Code Talker Day, VJ Day, and World Lizard Day. The 15th, Chauvin Day, Julia Child's Birthday, Check the Chip for Your Pets Day, that is, Lemon Meringue Pie Day, Relaxation Day, and No SpongeBob Day. Oh, that's interesting. On the 15th, 16th, National Airborne Day, Medical Dosimetrist Day, uh, National Roller Coaster Day, Rum Day. Okay, that's not a good day at all on the 16th. Don't celebrate that day at all. Tell a Joke Day and Wave at Surveillance Day. And then the 17th, I Love My Feet Day. Uh, let's see here. Black Cat Appreciation Day, Nonprofit Day, Thrift Shop Day, and Vanilla Custard Day. All happening on the 17th of August. And these are all special observances that happen this time of year. want to make a special shout out to all our friends that are coming back to Harvest Christian Academy, all you parents that are getting your children ready for school. It's going to be an exciting new year. A lot of new faces around here on campus, some new teachers, new staff members operationally and academically, some new things on campus, including a beautiful mural near our art lab. And uh, you'll see just some newly refreshed parts of the campus. And very soon we'll be having the grand reopening of, of our Harvest Auditorium, which has been recarpeted. It's been refurbished. There is a brand new air conditioning system going in there. The pews are gone and the chairs will be in. And it's going to be a great auditorium. So we're looking forward to doing the official reopening of that in about a week and a half, Lord willing, if everything happens on schedule. But uh, for tonight, I believe the open house is happening all over, beginning at the Family Life Center or the gym and then going to their classrooms from there. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till five, including what's in my coffee. Yes, that segment's back. Sebastian's here. Lawrence will be here. Chris will be here. We're going to have a great day. You're listening to Live Till Five on 88.1 FM, KHMG Harvest Family Radio. It's episode 226 on this Friday, August 11th, 3.14 p.m. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Stick around more Live Till Five after this. back with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin glad to be in studio with you today on this friday august 11 3 18 p.m here at the harvest studios as we are peering out the window there's a little bit of light traffic here on campus as parents are getting school uniforms and teachers are scrambling to get their classrooms ready and the administration is getting ready to greet all these school families that are coming onto campus Excited about a new school year. It all starts on Wednesday, but tonight is the opportunity for the students to come and get familiar with the campus, get their class schedules, if they haven't pulled them up on RenWeb already, and get uh, kind of acclimated to the school environment. 
And it's going to be a great new school year, I am sure, because we have so many neat staff members here. The ones that have been here for a while, and then, of course, the ones that are new to Guam, full of energy, them and vigor, glad that they're with us. And uh, we're very excited about a new school year. For our listening audience, some of you might be parents, and you have been eagerly awaiting the restart of school. I don't blame you. I totally understand. I mean, it's nice to have that family time, but... It's nice to get back into the routine and uh, maybe you won't have to run the air conditioner at home or buy as many groceries once the kids are back at school as well. So glad that uh, you could be with us today. Today is a kind of a lighthearted day as we spend this episode 226 talking about a number of different things, including our regular segments like The Buck Stops Here and What's in My Coffee and idioms and stranger than fiction stories and the news and this day in history. So we have a lot of that still to go. It is 3.20 p.m. on this Friday, August 11th, and glad you could be with us. Now, of course, no episode would be complete unless we went through one of my favorite segments. This is called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful person inspiration and some of the content taken from a book by the same name written by Horace Martin Woodhouse. Today, this seemingly arrogant plaque exists on the desk of or existed on the desk of a a famous businessman and politician and government leader. This is the little plaque he had on his desk. The plaque said, The trouble with some people is that they won't admit their faults. I'd admit mine, if I had any. Cornelius C. Pitts. He came to Washington from New Orleans during World War II. At first, he worked as a clerk typist for the War Department and moonlighted as a cab driver, saving his money for something bigger. In 1950, Pitts made the leap, buying his first building on Belmont Street, middle-class black residential neighborhood. Nine years later, he bought another building on Belmont, He went to college, 1964, at the age of 41, graduated with a degree in business administration from Howard University. The next year, he bought three more buildings on Belmont Street, then tore down all the buildings and constructed the Pitts Motor Hotel. In the 60s, the Pitts Hotel was a showplace, and Cornelius Pitts was one of Washington's most successful black entrepreneurs. And again, the plaque on his desk said, The trouble with some people is that they won't admit their faults. I'd admit mine if I had any. And that is The Buck Stops Here. Always interesting to see what motivates people and what what do people have in front of them to inspire them. I've got a few of those types of things on the wall. I have a couple quotes up on the wall right by my desk to remind myself of different concepts I'm trying to think through. Some of them are just quotes and Some of them are scripture verses, and some of them are a little funnier, a little lighthearted, which you would probably expect no less in my office anyway. So I actually have a sign up that says, The Buck Stops Here, and it's the picture of a deer with antlers and holes all around his head, and it's a metal plaque I have on the wall, and I use magnetic clips to hold my stories for Live Till 5 on that, and uh, that is my Buck Stops Here sign. 
So I got it in, in the brain. And, of course, the person who had the buck stops here sign on his desk, President Harry S. Truman, S not being for any actual name but just a letter, Harry S. Truman had that quote on his desk and uh, when he was the President of the United States. And because he's from Independence, Missouri, where I am from, you know, we grew up hearing all about Harry S. Truman, and so I think that's just burned into my brain. Now, let's talk about a few idioms. The Dictionary of Idioms, a scholastic book by Marvin Turban, more than 700 sayings and expressions. This book was provided me by PC, faithful listener and idiom lover, and she passed this book on to me probably almost two years ago now. We've been working our way through some idioms. One of the reasons I do this is because we have a number of listeners that might not have grown up speaking English as their first language. It might not be their heart language. Or, for those who have spoken English, there are a number of colloquialisms and figures of speech that people just might not be familiar with their origin or with their true meaning. So let me enlighten you. This is the educational segment of the show. How about this one? Take the words right out of your mouth. Take the words right out of your mouth. The meaning means to say what another person was thinking or was just going to say. Of course, nobody can actually reach right into your mouth and take the words out because spoken words are just air. But imagine that you were about to say, I think it's going to rain. And your friend says, I think it's going to rain. She's just taking the words right out of your mouth. See, that happens all the time. Take the words right out of your mouth. How about this one? What does it mean to take with a grain of salt? Well, some word experts think this expression first appeared in Latin by a Roman scholar in the first century BC. The report was that the discovery of an antidote to poison, take it with a grain of salt, or cum grano salis. Perhaps the saying refers to food that's not so tasty, being swallowed more easily with a little salt. Another possibility is that a single grain of salt isn't worth much, just like a story you don't think is completely true. So to take with a grain of salt, although the origin is spurious, the meaning is not. It means to not believe completely, to be doubtful. How about this one? Talk through your hat. The origin of this idiom is not clear as well. Some people think that if people really talked through their hats, they'd look ridiculous, like the nonsense they were saying. If people tell you that they're talking, you're talking through your hat, they obviously don't have a high opinion of your words. It means to talk nonsense, to talk through your hat. That's the way the ball bounces. You ever hear someone say that? Usually it's right after bad news. This American idiom dates back to the 1950s. Similar idiom, that's the way the cookie crumbles. The alliteration in both sayings, ball bounces, cookie crumbles, contributes to the word choices. This saying makes clear that unpredictable things often happen in life, and you can have to learn to live with them and accept them. The French have a similar saying, c'est la vie, that is life. We also say, that's the way it goes. It means, that's the way life is. That's the way the ball bounces. Through the grapevine. A grapevine is a long-stemmed plant that winds, climbs, and creeps from grape to grape. In a similar way, news can travel from person to person to person, either spoken or written. We're going to talk about this in the second hour a little bit. Hearing something through the grapevine. Through informal spreading of a message, gossip, rumors, or other confidential information, from one person to another. Very interesting how social media has affected this concept. How about this one? Throw a curve. We get this expression from the American game of baseball in the 10th century. Oh, sorry, the 20th century. My bifocals are cloudy here. Tricky pitcher sometimes throws a curveball that catches the batter off guard. The idiom can also mean lying to people, 
to confuse or deceive them. To throw a curveball means to surprise someone with an unpleasant, something unpleasant or to mislead or even lie. Throw a monkey wrench into the works. In 1856, a tool was invented by a man named Monk, and they called it Monk's Wrench. I did not know this. Later, the name was changed to Monkey Wrench. The sliding jaw of the tool reminded people of a monkey, and the nickname stuck. The American saying of the late 1800s presents the image of someone throwing a monkey wrench into machinery that is working perfectly, and it gums up the works, which is another idiom we've talked about. To throw a monkey wrench into the works means to interfere with a smoothly running operation to upset something in progress. Let's do two more. Throw caution to the wind. The image of a brave person taking caution and fearlessly throwing it into the wind where it's blown away is an old one. We also use the expression to refer to actions of a person who puts aside his or her fears and performs a brave deed. To be extremely daring is to throw caution to the wind. And finally, to throw cold water on something. For thousands of years, the best way to put out a fire was to douse it with water. If fire, heat, warmth all represent enthusiasm, excitement, and passion, cold water must stand for whatever lessens those emotions, whatever will lessen those emotions. So if you throw cold water on someone's plans, you are a wet blanket, which is another idiom we have. It means to say or do something discouraging, to dampen one's enthusiasm for something. That is what it means to throw cold water on something. Have you ever been the person that threw cold water on something? Yeah, not not the funnest person in the room when, when you do that. So, hate to be that person, but sometimes you just have to. Hopefully, it's not throwing cold water on you for me to take a short break, but we are going to do such. And then when we come back, we're going to get back into the show, including what's in my coffee. Plus, I want to hear a little bit from Sebastian's missions trip to the outer islands of Yap. So, stick around. A little more live till five after this short break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to be with you this Friday afternoon, August 11th, 3.33 p.m. And this is our 226th episode. Again, you can always listen to the podcast of this show, khmg.org. That's khmg. Those are our call letters for our station here, khmg.org. You can download the podcast of this show and many great programs that we produce here locally at KHMG Harvest Family Radio. You can also listen to the live stream there. Not just the podcast, but you can listen to our radio. So you don't have to have a radio anymore. If you have a computer, that's enough. I want to ask uh, Chris and Sebastian here if they remember what were their first computers because uh, I did get a little note from CW, one of our faithful listeners. He said that his he remembers his first computer being the Commodore 64. That was our first personal computer as well. I remember in high school, we emptied out our passbook savings account from Boatman's Bank and uh, bought a Commodore 64 
and we hooked it up to a little black and white television. Right. And uh, we played uh, Commando or Contra or something like that. And then I got the Chuck Yeager's Advanced Flight Simulator. Wow. Which the Commodore 64 barely had enough RAM. It was like it had eight, whatever it was, bytes of RAM. It was so small, the RAM could barely do the It was definitely discs. not megabytes. Could no, have been kilobytes. No. It might have been kilobytes. Maybe it was could 8 KB. <laughs> There was no internet access at that time. We didn't even... That was a, a foreign concept. We would play Advanced Flight Simulator and maybe some other game and maybe... A, I think there was another one. A, a Spy Hunter or something like that where it was like a little car game. And then Oregon Trail. That was one of oh, our yeah. favorite games. Oh, yeah. The original Oregon Trail, which was really a text game. You'd type in your answers and it would give you the next part of the storyline. What was your first uh, uh, computer, Chris? Well, I think it was a Tandy. Now that I'm recalling this, because it had a little cartridge that you would put in the side, and yep. again, it hooked up to the television, didn't have a monitor, and um, same thing, you would program a, what they called a a turtle, I yes. believe, and mm-hmm. it was just the cursor. Yep. We know it today as the cursor, but you would actually have to type in programming language to get the what they called the turtle to move around the yep. screen. Yep. And then we also had a Commodore later on. I yep. think it was later on. Um, I, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but I think I think the Commodore was later. And then at that time too, we were also getting video game consoles. Yes, that were you know sort of concurrent to that, like the Atari. Yep, twenty six hundred. Twenty six hundred. Yeah, yep. we had that as well. And my parents still have all this stuff, by the way. Those things are collectible now. They've got it, but I mean, I wish know. I would have held on to some of that. Yeah, they, they've got something. Well, this is, this takes us off topic, but there's something else that I saw on Facebook the other day that is collectible, which are old VHS oh, yeah. tapes I've of heard. Disney movies. Yes. And my parents have every Disney movie <sighs> oh, wow. you can think of on VHS. Wow. And in mint condition. I mean, absolute mint condition. They should hold on to those. That's like, so, a, that's like a little yeah. mini uh, 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 post-retirement uh, plan for eBay yeah. there. Yeah. So now, Sebastian, what was your first computer? Well, I had a window. I had a Windows XP. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just a Dell. Uh, you can computer. tell how how young you are. Yeah. Windows XP. Windows XP. That was when I was about thirty years old. Yeah, I, I could I, play. <laughs> I could play Oregon Trail on there. I oh yes, and you never wanted to disrespect Terry. Yes. Now, now the Oregon Trail you had had <laughs> little right. graphics that would pop up, right? Like you'd make yeah. a decision, and it would say everyone died of so dysentery. Yeah, ours were like before go. graphics. Oh yes, ours it was, was just text. Yeah, it was, was just it was like oh, a little yeah. green box would pop up on the box. Commodore sixty four, and then you type it. It would say, uh, you know, uh, do you want to go east or west? And you say go east. Yeah, it was always right. like a two word prompt, yeah. and then that would, you know, buy flower, you know, use gun, whatever. And yeah. so yeah, I only had the. I had the image one. Yeah, you know. so you actually had like a cur- you could use your mouse to click on yeah. things. Yeah, and, and we stuff had like dial-up that. internet. You know, it was mm-hmm. slow, and yeah. I always had to ask, "Can it go on the internet?" You know. And yeah, because <laughs> no one else can use the phone while you're exactly, on the internet. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We had uh, my first friend to have a personal computer had the Radio Shack, which I think was owned by Tandy. Uh, Radio Shack TSR eighty or yeah TSR eighty, which we called it the Trash eighty eventually, but and it used an actual cassette tape as the memory storage device. And we would do the programming language and try and get the thing to right. make a noise or get the cursor to, you know, do like a little maze or something on the screen. Wow. And that was our first exposure. And you'd have to hook it up to the TV through the little two-pronged attachment onto basically where the 
where the antenna, the bunny ears would hook on the back. You'd have to loosen those two little screws and yep. put it on there. Yeah, boy, back in the day. Back in the, that back was in when the you used to have to say that you had a colored television. That's you right. You had to specify right. what kind of television <laughs> yes. you had. Uh, yeah. A colored television. It was either colored or B&W, black right. and white uh, television, yes. the old uh, cathode ray tube. To have a separate monitor was un... Yes. I mean, that was like a foreign concept. You didn't... There was no separate monitor... I remember we did our high school yearbook on a Commodore 128, uh, and that was 128 kilobytes of memory, I believe, is where it got that, or maybe it was the speed, but 128. And then the next year, our school collected enough soup labels. This probably sounds like one of those crazy stories to young people, but we collected soup labels, and in exchange, Campbell's Soup would give prizes to your school. So little Christian schools that were broke, like ours, anything you could get like that for free. Right. So you get like playground equipment and stuff like that by collecting soup labels. So they're trying to get people to buy more soup. And so we ended up with a couple um, Apple, Macintosh, kind of all-in-one computer. It's a little monitor, a little three-and-a-half-inch floppy drive, not the big floppy drive, and then the keyboard had a little cord, like looked like a phone cord that would attach to the back, and you could... And so we ended up doing the entire yearbook on that for a couple of years. Yeah, nice. and we had we were really advanced at school because we had Apple IIe, mm. the Apple IIe, which is a, you know, uh, it's kind of the classic. Right. Um, yeah, so the Apple IIe, that was really advanced. That was like, whoa, they had the nice computers yeah. at school. I had a friend that spent, I think I was telling you guys, $3,500 on his first uh, Gateway Country computer i think gateway was the the company where the boxes all look like cow print yes yeah, yeah. so he bought a gateway 2000 and uh i think he spent 3500 dollars on it and it was an ibm xt or an ibm 486 something like that those floppy disks you talked about 1.44 megabytes i remember that because wow. my first install of linux i ever did mm-hmm. you had to be able to fit on a floppy disk or whatever yep. and we were all amazed that you could fit the whole install of linux on yeah. Yep. 1.44 megabytes. And those floppy disks, if you yeah. cut a little notch out of the side, you could flip the disk over and you could use both. It was a two-sided. So you could Is get a one-sided right? floppy disk or a two-sided floppy disk. So the floppy wow. disk, the big, was it five and a quarter or five yeah. and a half inch, right? five and a half inch, yeah. And so it had, uh, it had a little tab missing at the top left side. And then it had on the right side, uh, in the early days, they had no tab there, but you could take a pair of scissors and cut out a little notch. Yeah, I know. And that. you could flip the disc over and use the backside. And then, if you wanted to write protect it, which is so funny now, which means <laughs> no, no ability to edit it, you're supposed to put a little piece of pa- a tape, tape over that, and it wouldn't allow you to write <laughs> write over it. So that's how you would permanently store your information. This is a history lesson for that's right for that's right. Uh, Sebastian. I'm just here. No, yeah, Sebastian. It's like science fiction. <laughs> it's like science fiction. We we now I have more memory in my watch here, my heart rate monitor watch with LEDs that monitor. You think my heart of the rate. the computers that the you know astronauts used to get to space. Crazy, right? Less Whole sophisticated than our phones, right? <laughs> right? And it's amazing, you know, human ingenuity that God's given people to be able to use that little bit of processing power to do that many amazing things. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. well, guys, I don't know if Lawrence is going to make it today or not. We might end up just drinking his drink, but I would like to just take a minute and uh, the moment I've been waiting for all summer, playing a little What's in My Coffee. This segment's been brought to us by The Hub, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, opening soon, offering an endless variety of coffee, teas, baked goods, Christian music, gifts, Bibles, books, 
few Yankee Candles as well. I like it a lot. I go there every day when it's open. Opening soon. The Hub. Now let's play a little What's My Coffee. And this for our listeners that are new to the show. The Hub, the coffee shop here on campus, provides us with drinks during the show. And they don't tell us what's in the drinks. They just put a number on it. Then they give us a little piece of paper that have the instructions of what's in the drink. And we try and describe to you what the drink is, hopefully in a, in a way that tempts you to go and try and get the same drink. Every once in a while, we might give a description that's not as appetizing, but it's not because it's not a good drink. It just might not be a good description. So let's assume every drink is good there. It's but our failure, not the failure of Hebrews. Absolutely. The people there are awesome. I mean, really awesome. You got to go in and meet these folks. They're, they're uh, above and beyond, above and beyond. And uh, Sebastian's actually going to be related to at least one of the employees at Hebrews here pretty soon. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, see? Sister-in-law <laughs> eventually, right? In my head. <laughs> so, uh, Sebastian, give us a little description. You're drinking a... What's, yours looks different. One of these uh, things is not like I got other. it. I like to go for different, and um, this is very red, very red, very red. And uh, fizzy? It's, is it it's fizzy? Not too fizzy. Not too much of a kick, but uh, it tastes like strawberry. Strawberry? Hmm. Uh, it's got to be strawberry with um, strawberry flutes. Uh, Flutes uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, you just had a spoonerism. <laughs> yep. uh, I think Dr. Nangas talked about those the other day. Did. Yeah. So a flute, flute sprash. Yeah. Yep. Great. <laughs> Great. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Chris, what does yours taste like? Mine is a coffee drink. It's light brown, creamy looking. You can you can see the creaminess of it, which is why I chose this drink. Quite creamy. It's got ice in it. It is a light colored brown. There, there are two darker brown drinks, mm-hmm. but I thought this might be vanilla, and I think it is vanilla. I think it's a vanilla. It could be a cold brew or just a vanilla, like a latte or mm-hmm. something, a cold mm-hmm. vanilla latte, but it's quite good. Yes, it, look, it looks good. good. And quite so good. if there are three colors of brown, you have the lightest. I took the medium colored. Yes. We're leaving the darkest one for Lawrence when he gets up here. Mine is it's sweet, has a taste of espresso. It's iced. And uh, it's more of the Dockers Field Khaki D6 color, uh, which is one of my favorite pair of slacks. Um, it is I, I can't I can't discern the additional taste, but it's definitely an extra sweet. So it's not only like a latte, but it's an extra sweet latte, and it might even be a like a white chocolate boy, or it could be a. a a white chocolate iced mocha because it's just so just has that sweetness. I don't know nice. other word. So let's see here. Mine is number one. It's a black and white. There you go. Wow. Okay. Black so and black white. and white. Oh, I black had it and multiple white. times. Yeah. And then uh, what number is yours, there, Chris? Number two. You have a caramel latte. Caramel. Okay. Not yep. vanilla caramel. at all. And then uh, Sebastian, yours is a fruit splash, strawberry, raspberry. Kiwi. I couldn't tell the other two. Yeah, it's fruits. impossible. It's to, hard to tell. Once, once you mix those together, it literally you you <laughs> cannot possibly distinguish those. You would be a, a superhero to be able to tell the difference between those. You know, some type of aardvark or a, you An know aardvark. maybe a beagle, <laughs> a, a, some something that has like you know super taste, super smell. You know, I'm trying to think of you know ant eater, maybe a, a you know a 
Peregrine Falcon, something that has just a Lawrence Nagin guest. A Lawrence Nagin guest <laughs> who is the drink whisperer. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to hear about the Yap Trip, Sebastian. So, listeners, stick around. A little more live till five after this short break. It is episode 226 on this Friday, August 11th. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, here on Live Till Five. Stick around for more Live Till Five after this. A little more live till five. It's Friday afternoon, August 11th, 3.49 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Joining the studio, Sebastian Basildua. Recently engaged. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, <laughs> over and over again. And uh, Chris Harper, all-around good guy and station manager. And Sebastian just got back from a place that very few people have been. I mean, probably one of the smallest percentages I would I would venture to say there are probably been more people go to the South Pole than have gone to the place you just went to. I would think there's wow. so many expeditions now to the South Pole, so many there's a permanent science station there. Tell us about where you just went and why did you go? I went out to uh, Yap this what, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I'm losing track of <laughs> so many things have happened, you know. Uh, but I went out there recently help out the Zimmer family and, uh, you know, shoot Cause I went out there last year and I wanted to shoot a video for them capturing kind of the ministry going on. And, um, so I was like, I want to come out. And then Mark was like, we're going to go out to Ulithia and Vice. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge flyer guy. I don't like to fly, you know, but, uh, I was willing to do this for the ministry, you know? And, and, uh, so I, you risked I, life and limb to go I, on this mission trip. I, I did, and you know what? I didn't even get to hide in the back of the plane and, and not even think about it. I was up front in the co-pilot seat on this little plane going from Yap to Ulithi. And they're like, you're taking video. You're, you're getting the co-pilot. Nice. You know, and I always thought of the, uh, you know, science of a, a plane taking off. And, like, I thought of, you know. Lift and drag. Lift and drag. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm at the front of the plane. I'm like, I don't know how this will go, you know. But uh, I went out to, yeah, I went out to Ulithi and... That was quite the experience. We only had like an hour and a half, so we saw one of the former students who was here out there, and yeah, uh, James and Masensi, his yes, wife. Yeah. Yep, and I got video of them um, at their place, and uh, yeah, I just I saw some of the CBs, the construction battalions out there working on Great. some projects, and you know, just walking through their city. I think they just or the island, not city. Yeah, the village. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, uh, I think they just recently got internet out there. And I'm pretty sure they did because James even messaged me. Yeah, James messaged me uh, the day before yesterday yeah. and just told me he was praying for me. Yeah. Hopefully J- he didn't use up his whole 
you know kilobyte of uh, <laughs> yeah. of data for the month. Yeah, I know. I was I was because he messaged me, especially after the uh, uh, the engagement. You know, was mm-hmm. like, hey, congrats, mm-hmm. bro. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I I went on this trip out there. Uh, the pilots were awesome with PMA. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just so very helpful and opened up just a, a little bit more time for us so that we can get around and, and Great. get some shots. And, and I saw they even let you put a GoPro on the bottom of the plane, right? <laughs> uh, that was uh, – the pilot already had set up one okay. for himself just, oh, to, cool. just to try it out. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he, he was more than willing to let me have this this footage so, uh, yeah, it, it was great. So I, I was, that was the last thing in the trip too. You know, I took all this footage of this camp that we did out in Yap. And then the last, last day we, uh, me and Mark hopped on a plane and went out there. And, and you took a, a drone with you, right? Did you uh, take I a didn't drone have a drone. I had a, uh, a just nice the GoPro, GoPro and the camera. Oh, got, uh, it, karma got, it, got it. Got yeah, it. And that takes really smooth shots. So, nice. I mean, I got plenty of aerial footage just from the plane. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Well, I thought your, your video in church was cool. How flying through the clouds, uh, as it's just amazing. Cause you yeah. really weren't at a very high altitude. Yeah. We were going through the clouds and we even through, went through some rain. So I took a time lapse of just going straight from Yap to Ulithi is about 45 minutes. Okay. And so I was, t- it was taking a picture every like second or two seconds. So neat. Yeah. Neat. And then neat. I came back and yeah. What was yeah. your favorite part about the trip? Uh, my favorite part would probably be, uh, just seeing Christians on, in different places, you know, it's such, such a leap cause it, it's a little bit more Westernized here, but then you go to other places where, where Christ is, is, is magnified in a different way a little bit, you know, and it's just really cool to see how, how Christians are act and react in different places. Yeah. Cool. And what, what do you think would be the biggest challenge as you go out there and you see, what James Masinci, uh living in Ulithi, he's from there. Masinci's yeah. actually from the island of Chuuk, and she was willing to not only marry James, of course, but then to go to this outer island and and be a a missionary and pastor's wife. Um, what what do you think is their biggest challenge out there? Well, you know, a lot of you know being there, it's a smaller community, so people have kind of the traditions that they have. So you try to try to you know mix that up a little bit. People aren't going to be happy, and so I think. With James just wanting to come in and just say a little bit more about the Bible, uh, I think he hasn't really had a problem too much. But you know, it's not a easy thing to do. I think, and so uh, we just pray for him and uh, that you know, it's especially with these these typhoons that had, had hit in the past. It was really a good door to open up to show that you know he does care about them and uh, and uh, you know and just a, a chance to open up and, and love them and show them Christ's love. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that the uh, typhoon that hit there a couple of years ago literally flattened the house that they had just built up, and they've been hit twice. And uh, now I believe we have a, I think Greg or someone's going down yep. there to help build a porch on the house that they have, so they have a little meeting place. Oh, yeah. So when we say house, we're thinking of, you know, four walls and windows and doors and roof and air conditioning and plumbing and things like that. Describe what their house looked like. Well, I know that they had, he had set up like almost like a little shack basically to live in, but because of, uh, the U S aid, they said anyone that's house was completely destroyed. We're going to make them a new one. And so it's, I think it's a one room house with basic lighting. And I think even maybe basic, very basic plumbing, you know, I, I hit my head on the power cord cause it was going from, it was hanging down low to go into their house through the window. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, no porch or anything. Like obviously, um, they have their kitchen pretty much outside, and that's where they do all the cooking and everything. Surrounded by jungle, uh, so it's really it was really neat, and I tried to capture as much footage as I could in the yeah. time I had. Well, it looks totally different than after the typhoon when they when everything got destroyed. It it literally looked like a giant junkyard like a giant just everything was trash and i remember seeing masinsi sitting there holding her two kids just trying to sit in the shade of like one little piece of tin because they had nothing and then as it rained and things like that and so people of guam and really all around the world sent uh resources so we could help them with rebuilding as quick as possible and god really blessed that yeah so well i'm glad you got to go i know you've been looking forward to it for a long time now we have about Three minutes till the top of the hour, and of course the the question is: uh, now that you're one of the big power couples uh, here at Harvest, um, tell us uh, you got engaged. Yeah. So to uh, actually, you know, as cool, what a neat coincidence is uh, Jessica is the official baker of Live Till Five, and uh, she's she's the caterer of uh, Live Till Five, and so uh, she made carrot cake today. By the oh. way, scratch, uh, man. So we've we, we've got to get on a, a, a some type this of could dietary be a, a, schedule. A new dangerous <laughs> I <know>. scenario <laughs> we've entered ourselves. I know. I into. do. I do well all week, and then I get here, and then it just knocks me <laughs> off the wagon. But so give give me the two minute rundown of how did you guys get engaged? Like where where did you pop the question? I, I went to Gun Beach, and I wrote her a poem. I didn't know how it was going to develop, but God kind of. Would you like to read that on the air? No. Right okay. Now, just wonder. Right just wonder. <laughs> well, not in the. Two He's got minutes. it memorized. Yeah, do don't, it memorized. Don't let him kid but you. Roses yeah. are red. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but I, violets I, are awesome. I had it, I had it memorized. And <laughs> I would like to marry Jessica Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme. You need to listen to our poem time more. Okay. okay. But um, I, I was like, I'll, I'll just have it memorized and asked her on the beach. I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if I wrote it down. Like, it'd be even cooler if I wrote it down and put it in a bottle. I did that. I put it in a bottle, and then I had friends plant the bottle there on the beach. The biggest key was making sure no one ran along to steal the bottle. He's like, oh, message in a bottle. And I had to you know, punt someone into the ocean because he's like, it's my <laughs> bottle. Don't touch it. Because yeah. <laughs> it asks her in that bottle like, oh, at, wow. the, at the end of the poem. Yikes. So, uh, yeah. So it was really cool how it all happened, and uh, God was in control for all what that. What was the expectance level on her? Did she just she kinda... had no idea. Well, I'm pre- she wanted it to happen. But she didn't know when, though. And I it played helped play along that I had no idea where this beach was, and um, I just knew Matt sent me a picture of where they were going to set up. He's like, "Do it ten feet before this rock," <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "Okay." And I had never been there. Um, I I kind of used some language like. Oh, next week. I can't wait to share, you know, how awesome of a girlfriend I have, you know. And so kind of use some of that language to throw her off. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, I'll still be a girlfriend next week, you know. So, uh, but yeah, now she's my fiance. And I'm fiance. very happy for her. That's great. And happy with her. Yeah. Yes. You're happy for her. <laughs> yes. Congratulations and to I'm my happy for I'm her. happy to have her. Congratulations awesome. to my fiance. What that a lucky on, girl she is. That's on radio forever. In fact, there was a speaker we just had recently who who said that about it, the wife Oops. he was going to marry. Yes, is how yes. You'll be so happy you're married happy to me. Yes, yes. I, I yeah. just heard that, that story this with week. With her. Yeah. Yes. Happy with her. Happy for her. Happy around her. And I'm happy uh, that she will continue to provide all these delectable baked goods <laughs> that's to fantastic. So we should. Uh, we're gonna have to start a new segment. Uh, what's uh, what exercise am I doing after the show? Because all this uh, cake that she keeps providing us is just a little too good. <laughs> and so, you had peanut butter bars yesterday oh, too. Man. I know. Yes, homemade Reese's peanut butter bars. <laughs> those. So Yikes. I just gotta say, uh, Jessica, thank you, and uh, we're glad that you're marrying Sebastian. We're glad that you keep providing all these good things to <laughs> us on the show, Sebastian and Jessica. Congratulations thank on you. the engagement, mm-hmm. and uh, glad you got to go on the mission trip as well. 
And listeners, we're going to take a short break for the news for the top of the hour. You can hear Lawrence is here. He's going to go get himself a piece of carrot cake. And uh, Chris and Spash will be back in the top of the second hour as well. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is Live Till 5 on Friday, August 11th, episode 226. Glad you could be with us here on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News and then the second hour of Live Till 5. Till five, we're in the second hour, 4:04 p.m. on this Friday, August 11th, episode 226. I got Lawrence, Sebastian, and Chris all in studio. This is kind of like the Fantastic Four of Christian Radio, right here. We are, we, we are uh, award-winning. If you can consider, we we well, we've at least received some great prizes like cakes and cookies and <laughs> drinks. I don't know if you guys follow Babylon Bee. I love the Babylon Bee. Sometimes I laugh out loud. It's a satirical, oh, you know, only site. when people like link to it. Yeah, I yeah. See it. So yeah. it's a, you know, it's a, yeah. they they put out their stories on Twitter and social media yeah, and stuff. Of so they had one today, and um, I just think it's extra funny. It's uh, Los Angeles, California. This is satire, of course, so it's not true, but it's making poking fun at something that is hilarious. According to sources from within Paramount Studios, the bewildered, lost-looking Kirk Cameron yeah. was spotter, spotted Thursday afternoon wandering through the film studio, days walking across sets of several good movies. Cameron was reportedly looking for the set of Fireproof 2, Fire Harder, <laughs> but somehow ended up at the Paramount lot, where he reportedly looked totally out of place walking in front of several quality films and television backdrops where renowned actors were rehearsing and filming their scenes. Well, fiddlesticks, he reportedly muttered to himself as he wandered among the studio's various sound stages. Oh, man, is that Dr. Phil over there? Oh, boy, I'm in way over my head here. Hey, Phil, it's me, Kirk. Am I on the right uh, lot for Fireproof 2? And then uh, Dr. Phil, I loved your episode on hoarding. Man, I'm a big fan, he yelled as the TV psychiatrist pretended not to hear him while perusing production notes for an upcoming episode. After Cameron had shuffled about the lot for several hours, hopping from set set to set of good movies and TV shows, security guards in golf carts noticed him and escorted him off the premises, pointing him in the direction of a seedy rental soundstage in Culver City where the movie was actually being filmed. So... A little satire about Kirk Cameron. I don't even understand that. I guess that means that all other films are good quality. But well, his you know, films so aren't, it's, or? maybe it's double satire. It must be. Is, so, um, who wrote that? This is Babylon B. It's Babylon B. Okay, yeah. I, I thought that sounded like him. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's poking <laughs> at the fact, not the fireproof, because I thought fireproof was an excellent movie. He did uh, one about Christmas. That, he did. He's the. He's done. Yeah, fireproof. He's oh yeah, he's in that he one. He is yeah. the star. <laughs> <laughs> but he's no, I know what he's you mean. He's he's not in um, courageous. That's what he's not. Yeah, in. he's not. He's courageous. not in facing the giants either. He's not in think. facing the giants, and he's not in Moana or in know. War Room. <laughs> but or or in War Room, he's not in a lot of things apparently. But <laughs> what he was in Gone with the Wind. He wasn't God, in that. No, he, he wasn't was the even, baby in that one. I yes. think. 
So he, uh, but he was in that one Christmas. What was it? Saving Christmas or something? And it was just Christmas, a bad Christmas or something like that. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. And that was the one that pretty much has ruined. It went straight to DVD. It has the low had the lowest ranking. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Kirk Cameron, we love him. He's, <laughs> oh, he, he's 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 made a, a serious good contribution, I think, to Christian media, and he is an apologist for the gospel. Yeah. But he's been in maybe a few clunkers. Who knows? Depends <laughs> Who on has who's it? judging. They in left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Who has? Right. Yeah. I've been yeah. in a few clunkers myself. Uh, yeah. yeah there well. you go. <laughs> that too. I've, I've well, I've, we've been in. I've Nicholas, been in about two hundred and twenty-six. Nicholas Cage is is like. Uh, He's the one that's always mocked for being in, yes, in, well, in yeah, bad movies. Yeah, yeah. well, um, and rightly so. Rightfully so. so. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, hey, it is. I just wanted to give Kirk Cameron some company. Yes, thank you. It's uh, August 11th, Friday, August 11th, and I'm sure, I am just certain a lot has happened in history on this day. And, and it's probably going to be, this might be one of the best episodes we've ever had. So, Lawrence, uh, tell us what happened on this day in history. Wow, that's a lot to live up to. The best episode ever. I'm trying ever. to set you up. It's like a, a softball pitch. Well, man. you know, in 1885, you had $100,000 <laughs> raised in the U.S. for the pedestal for the Statue of Liberty. So it's one of those, does not come with batteries almost. Here's a gift, but it's not yep. complete. Yep. You know, So we had to raise $100,000 to uh, be able to. Lady Liberty, where she belongs, mm. put her up on the pedestal. It's a big pedestal. Yes. Yeah, it is yep. very large. Yep. 1919, Green Bay Packers Football Club, founded by George Calhoun and Curly Lambeau, named after the sponsor Indian Packing Company. Um, so they're one of the first. I think there were six national football teams. Uh, the Chicago Bears were one of them. The Kansas City Chiefs were one of them. In fact, the first... Uh, Title. It wasn't a Super Bowl back then. It was, uh, I think, just the National Football Championship. Uh, was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Packers? The Packers won. Um, just, just <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nineteen twenty-nine. Babe Ruth becomes first professional baseball player to hit five hundred homers. Uh, he hit it off Willis Hudlin of the Cleveland Indians. I believe it was just. I want to say it's Adrian Beltre that just past the 500 homer mark uh, about two weeks ago. Um, so pretty neat, uh, pretty neat statistic there that does not hell, uh, happen uh, very often. Winston Churchill visited Italy in 1944 today. Uh, of course, at that time, Italy was a bit in shambles. Uh, Mussolini had already been taken off uh, his his leadership uh, you know, stage there, and, and people mistreated him poorly, and so Winston Churchill had gone down to, to help out 1950, hitting just 279. Now, for those of you who don't watch a lot of baseball, 279, it's not bad. It's not great. It's if just, you get up to bat four times, you will hit one ball. Yeah, that's breaking it down like you know in a pretty good, pretty good way. Uh, a 300 batting average is what most people would say is is above average or average at least. So 279 is just below that. Anyways. Yank great Joe DiMaggio is benched for the first time for having that. So today there are people, you know, that have played with much lower batting averages, but I guess when you are Joe DiMaggio, you better be uh, you better be better than mm. that. 1950, Ethel Rosenberg testifies before grand jury on allegations of spying for the Soviet Union, her and her husband. Um, yeah. I believe they, they were executed for that one. They were. They, they yeah. were. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, there, there's been... Uh, Tough days in the in the uh, 
in the U.S. before. Uh, let's see here. We've got 1980, Yanks' Reggie Jackson hits his 400th home run off Chicago's Britt Burns. A lot of baseball yeah, stuff today. Yeah, a little bit of baseball today. Yeah, here's uh, 1984, Carl Lewis duplicates Jesse Owens' 1936 feet, wins four Olympic track golds. Um, so as you know... Uh, what year was that? That was in 1984. Was that Jesse LA? Owens did it. Uh, I think so. Or was that Seoul? I think it was uh, L.A. I think it was L.A. was in the yeah. 80, 84. Yeah. Uh, 36, I want to say, was in Berlin. No, 40 was in Berlin, I believe. What was, when was Berlin? Because it's the, it's the same one that the um, Unbreakable mm-hmm. uh, book. Yeah, Louis Zamperini. Zamperini. Yeah, that yeah. would have been okay. 1940. Yeah, but this one, and that was in Berlin, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 1936, uh, wh- I don't know where that was, but that's what Jesse Owens was in Athens. both. Yep. But uh, anyways, Carl Lewis duplicates that um, by winning four Olympic track golds. And uh, there's just less events that you usually do. So you had Michael Phelps who won eight. Um, but there's there's different versions of swimming strokes that you can compete in. Uh, the problem with running is, is there's kind of only one uh, one one stroke everybody's doing. It's yeah. just a run. Uh, so it's you know you run. It's the distance becomes the different qualifications uh, of the yeah. race and not the style like in swimming. Yeah, the uh, 1936 Summer Olympics, the Olympisch Sommerspiel, 1936, officially known as the Game of the Eleventh Olympiad, international multi-sport event in Berlin, Germany. Oh, so 36 was in. There. Yes, Berlin won to bid the they won the bid to host the games over Barcelona, Spain. And then where was, did you have 1940 in there? No, but I can because I have Google. I want to say <laughs> that was, I don't know if we had it that year. 44 might have been the, there was one in Moscow around that time. Or no, that was yeah. 19. So, the, yeah, this one was the uh, Tokyo. 1940 oh. was in Tokyo. Huh. The uh, 12th Olympiad. That's during yes. the that's, World War II when Tokyo yep. was... And that's the next Olympics, isn't so it? So they were held on, uh, let's see here. So officially known as the Games of the 12th Olympiad, originally scheduled to be held from the 21st September to the 6th of October in Tokyo, but they were rescheduled for Helsinki, Finland mm. to be held July 20th to August 4th, 1940, ultimately canceled due to the outbreak of World War II. So there was no there was other no real, yeah, yep. And then I, I want to say there wasn't in 1944 either. Because of the war, boy, we're we're down the rabbit hole now. I don't think there was one there, and then 1948 that happened again. So 36 was the Louis Zamprini correct um, Olympics, and Jesse Owens is the one that was obviously the famous runner at that time. For those of you that are yep sleepless right now, um, canceled in World uh, World War II was the 1944. They were supposed to be, but they did not happen. Okay. 1984, during a radio voice test, U.S. President Reagan jokes he signed legislation that would outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Yikes. I don't know. I don't know if those are the greatest words Chris, used Chris, I thought we that. were the only ones that made uh, yeah. radio yeah. mistakes. That <laughs> Sounds like he's had a few clunkers as well. Yeah, see? It happens yeah. to the best. And, and the Gipper, he was, I mean, he was a true communicator, so... I feel like I'm in good company now. Yeah. I yeah. mean every if if Ronald Reagan can stick his, you know, leather sold floor shine in his mouth on the air, why can't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and, really, why can't you, I? I don't, and you have either. lived by that. <laughs> yeah. You have stood by that My statement. My hero. Those floor why shines. Why can't I? <laughs> Nineteen eighty eight, Al Qaeda <laughs> formed by a meeting between Osama bin Laden, Zawar 
Zwahili, Zawahiri, and Dr. Fal Peshawar. Wow. Yes. So, yeah. Zawahiri is the I, name Zawahiri. of the guy. Yeah, thank you. And I don't and know I think the other that was guy. Doc, Dr. Anthrax was the third one there, I yeah. think. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm guessing. Maybe. Although, I think she was Iraqi. Maybe I take that back. I, I retract that guess. <laughs> so... It's not a sound quiz. Right. Now that we're here, we're <laughs> did gonna, we get a point? Where's Josh gonna, Taylor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. He turned not used to him dominating everything. We will have something positive here for the end. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm hoping, so, um, and maybe not baseball. You should have saved the Carl Lewis thing till the end. We yeah, could have celebrated yeah. that. We could have, and we could have looked yep. up all the Olympics from here till then. That's right. <laughs> um, Nineteen, uh, two thousand sixteen. So a year ago, a Greenland shark declared oldest vertebrate animal in the world. At 392 years by international team of scientists. Well, clearly they don't so know not that. negative or positive. Also, yeah. the oldest Keliguin in the world. <laughs> yes, it yeah. would have been. I mean, a because 392-year-old shark? What? How do you know it's 392 like? years old? Well, and how, how do you know that's the oldest one? There could be another old there shark. Be. Yeah. Right out here in the Marianas. Yeah, we could have know. Yeah. They have no idea. You can't you know what you open don't know. the shark so and see how many. We finished there with are. a debatable point, not so sure. much. Sure, it's not or, at least. Yeah, it didn't. Re, you know, results yeah. in someone dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he grows a rib every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, they had to yeah. cut him in half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, uh, <laughs> well, that's too bad. Well, he's probably a little chewy by the time they're three hundred ninety-two years old. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. I did see the documentary about how they were trying to just catch a Greenland shark. They're very elusive. Huh. Very, very hard to catch because of just the nature of trying to catch them like through the ice and all this stuff. And then they, they finally did catch one because they didn't have enough scientific. Um, they were trying to get some more information on how the Greenland shark migrates and things like that. So very interesting. I'm, I'm, a, I'm full of worthless documentaries. They're an ugly, they're an <laughs> they ugly are very shark. ugly, yeah. Wow. Well, there's yeah. a positive note. Yeah. Well, and if you were 392 <laughs> years old, you'd be ugly too. Yeah. Boy, no. oh boy. If we, we don't get better. I mean, you know, you hit you hit like a, an apex of your good lookingness, and then from there on, it goes downhill. Imagine if you were good looking 341 years ago. I mean, they'd be and in now, the competition with those little things that have the little angler fishes that oh, have the yeah. little light out yep. the front end. Yep. They're about yep. that ugly. Yeah, yeah. A norwal is better looking a than norwal. that. A yes, norwal. Yes, that's right. The unicorn of fishes. Yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and it's not even a fish, it's a whale. It's a whale, yeah. So, hey, um, okay, so guys, uh, before we release the hounds and let uh, Lawrence and Sebastian get out of here for the day, and uh, Sebastian has to start washing dishes from all the, the cake he's shared with everyone. Started. What are you guys doing this weekend? Seba- uh, Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to go catch a sunset uh, in a bit. Oh, then... all by yourself again? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Made a habit of that. I'm, I, six months ago, we were asking this question, and you were like, well, I might try and make toast, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna true. sit alone yeah, in a dark true. room. Whatever. And He's like, I'm thinking about. I might binge watch, you know, Lord Whatever. of the Rings. <laughs> and now yeah. it's like sunsets and sunsets and messages cooking and lessons oh, hey and, uh, it's free yeah. to sit at a sunset yes so hey that's <laughs> hey, awesome you're that's already awesome. learning man great great yeah. Yeah. You stay on that track you do just fine so yeah. that's good. financial that's peace good. university yeah. there you go man that's great <laughs> lawrence what are you guys doing this weekend uh, well tonight we have parent night so oh, looking forward true. to a lot of the students mm-hmm. come back seeing each other for the first time what and time and what what cla- what grade uh, six o'clock is is seventh and eighth grade uh they'll meet in the flc and then I'll uh, be let go to go see the different teachers and homerooms across campus. And then 7.30 will be the high school time for 9th through 12th. Uh, and then Monday, um, you'll have the same thing where it's going to be a 6 o'clock start for K3 through 3rd. 
and then 7 o'clock uh, starts 4th through 6th. So everything, uh, just kind of head to the FLC, and then we'll uh, dismiss you from there. There's a map of where the teachers are all located that will be given that night. And uh, so we're looking forward to a great night together. All right. Well, that sounds like fun. And and what's have, your, what's your role in homework. all that? I have master's homework tomorrow. Yes, so that's the rest of my me weekend. Too. Both of us. Budgetary and financial management. Yeah. Um, he didn't. Yeah, I, I got my paper back today. Not very merciful. <laughs> not very merciful at all. Yeah. So. Um, no, I I, um, I basically introduce some of the changes and the new exciting things we have going this year, the auditorium and all that, and then basically answer some questions. There'll be some different things as before we start Wednesday that people want to get nailed down, and so just trying to help make it as smooth uh, as possible. All right, excellent. All right, and Chris, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I think uh, my son and I have been, I take a picture every day. I'm doing this 365 project where you take a picture every day. And my son has been going out with me and doing, taking most of those pictures. And I got a new shutter really released today. Oh, is that that little remote control? Yes. I've been waiting for that for a couple of months. And so I think I might do some long exposures with, you know, two, um, I'm going to do two, three-minute exposures of different This with a different camera? and stuff. This is with the phone. Same camera. But with a what's it called a bulb exposure, yeah. which means you can keep the shutter open for a long, long. Yeah, that's where of time. you can so make those shapes with the sparkler. If you've seen those, people like yeah. make words with sparkler. They do that with the GoPro. There's a setting yeah. on there with yeah, the GoPro. Go, you okay. can do that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to try some of that. We'll see how that. We'll see how that. Uh, how that works. If any of them turn so. out well, will you throw them up on the uh, KHMG uh, Facebook page? I'll tell you what. We I can do better than that. We have a uh, a. a Harvest Family Radio Instagram now. Oh. And I've been putting, what? since I've been doing this project. When did you start it? I started January. Oh, wow. So okay. I've done 200 and I've done 223 uh, photographs so far. But then I've, I've done like well over 1,000 uh, that I've kept. I've done way more than that, but that I've kept, about 1,000. So some of them that I haven't used for the project, I've been putting on our Instagram. So I've been doing a daily picture there. So it's uh, Harvest Family Radio and Instagram. So now if, if you're that. this 365 project, like let's say that you're suffering from an appendix. Do you still have your appendix? <laughs> yes. Okay, so you have an appendicitis <laughs> attack and you're in the, the, the gurney at the emergency room. Take a picture take there. A picture you still there. have to take a picture. Yeah. It's, it's, Is it's it a, a selfie of you or if it's no, something no, else? No, no, no selfie. No selfies of any camera. sort. They're all landscape photographs. That's what teenagers exposures. do, 365 selfies a year. I've done a ton of there's a guy. There's a guy that took 10 years of selfies. Oh, yeah. Selfies? From 2007 to 2017. And he like, is walking through his house, and, and the it's, whole it's all a series. <laughs> you yeah. saw that? I feel yeah. like someone I watched the entire thing yeah. and make an app like tr- showing their transformation like, at yeah. least with, with it's, their it was yeah. really, the It was really but crazy. But Chris is no, none of himself in this. These are pictures. Your kids I, are in some of them. Yeah, my kids are in some of them. And, and you know, uh, last night I did kind of a kind of a collage of, of my kids getting ready for bed at mm-hmm. night because it's just funny sometimes. But if you but were yeah, dying, it would be a picture of whatever you're seeing, whatever you're able to take a picture. You have to take a picture every day. So if you're sick in yeah. bed, the picture is coming from being sick in bed. When I was sick in bed one day and mm-hmm. I stayed home, what I did is I took a picture when it when the funny light kind of hits the buildings mm-hmm. out at Guahan where I live and, and I have these, uh, you know, it's sort of this color that goes across the buildings, and yep. I just took a picture out the window, and that got like a ton of likes. So yeah. I was like, "Well, hey, that worked." All I I literally took one picture that day. I pointed the camera out the window, got the angle about right, click. Where's and that at? Nice. That was done. Where where did you that, take that? That picture was at from? my house. Huh. 
Now, so, yeah. did you take the picture for the 365 project that is the church, the the main church auditorium building that's kind of a, it's yes. got a little bit of a, a hue to it, kind of a darker hue to it? Yeah, I did a, a setting on my camera that I had been taking. I took dozens of pictures with that setting on my camera. All of them were horrible. Then one, <laughs> they really were. They were bad. Then I took that one of the church and it turned out fantastic. Yeah. And I was like, that's it, a keeper. It looks like Gotham Baptist Church. That's yeah, what it looks like. Amazing. It has it has like this. Uh, yeah, it has this. Um, no, it's on the Facebook page. Yeah, it's our main Facebook the, uh, the, page. Like if you look up something for uh, KHMG Harvest Family Radio, the or maybe it's the church one, right? It's the church. It's Harvest it Baptist up. Church. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Really cool. I really like that picture. So great. Well, not that anyone's asking, but for my weekend... Um, <laughs> What are you doing I'm this doing weekend? the same homework that Lawrence is doing uh, in the morning. It has to be done by three in the afternoon. I was going to do a soccer clinic. I backed out of that. Uh, they have plenty of help there, so I'm just going to try and lay low, get caught up on a few projects. I might hook up my ice maker once I figure out how to hook up my ice maker. Then I'm going to help my friend Lawrence, my neighbor, hook up his ice maker because um, that's what we do. And I'm trying to get my swimming pool installed, but I'm still in negotiations with my landlord about. Uh, <laughs> Leveling out the yard a little bit. So hopefully we'll be able to get all that done here (laughs) soon, soon. So, and listeners, not sure what you're doing this weekend. Uh, You know, you can always go back and listen to previous episodes of Live Till 5. Guys, have a great weekend, by the way. And uh, you can go to KHMG. 88.1 88.1 F or KHMG.org, which is our 88.1 FM website. And we have all the old podcasts of this show and many other great shows. And if you're looking for something to do this weekend, Download a few of those podcasts. Great way to pass the time, and hopefully it's entertaining to you. This is episode 226, by the way, Friday, August 11th, 4.25 p.m. here at the studios at KHMG Harvest Family Radio. Going to take a short break. When we come back, some news, some stranger than fiction, and our topic of the day. Believe it or not, we're going to talk a little bit about North Korea. Have a lot of information about North Korea. Fascinating and sad. So let's talk a little bit about that a little later. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. We're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, August 11th, 4.30 p.m., episode 226 of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. If you ever miss part of the show, don't stress out about it. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., you can listen to the show when we rebroadcast it in its entirety right here on 88.1 FM KHMG. So catch us on the rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., We do that on purpose because we know, well, I guess you couldn't do that on accident anyway, but we do it because we know not everyone can listen two straight hours. (laughs) Accidentally aired Accidentally rebroadcast, yes. uh, No, we we do that because we want you to be able to catch parts of the show. Maybe there's an interview you heard or something in the show that you thought was entertaining or you want to pass on to someone else. You can get them to listen from noon to two on Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. You listen to the entire show in in podcast form by going to khmg.org and download that along with previous podcasts and not just this show but all the great shows that they produce here at khmg 
Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM. And speaking of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, the station manager and all-around good guy, Chris Harper, is here with the news. You probably won't be surprised to hear uh, two um, names in our first story, which are President Donald Trump and North Korea. Mm-hmm. Both of those in the news, uh, kind of the the top national news stories, probably the top international news stories of the week. But it says here that, um, and uh, we've been listening to this uh, throughout the last couple of days, that President Donald Trump ratcheted up his rhetoric toward North Korea and its leader on Thursday warning Pyongyang against attacking Guam or other U.S. allies after it disclosed plans to fire missiles over Japan to land near our island here in the Pacific. Tension in the region has risen since the reclusive communist country, which staged two nuclear bomb tests last year, launched two intercontinental ballistic missile tests in July in defiance of world powers, Trump has said he will not allow Pyongyang to develop a nuclear weapon capable of hitting the United States. Uh, In other news from a different part of the world, South America, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro recognized the Socialist Party-dominated Constituent Assembly as the country's most powerful institution on Thursday in his first appearance at the highly criticized legislative body that was inaugurated six days ago. Uh, The recent election of this 545-member assembly drew international condemnation for usurping the authority of Venezuela's opposition-controlled Congress. Critics have said the election cast aside any remaining checks on Maduro's power. So basically what happened here is not only is he basically a dictator, but he's also instituted this new uh, group of legislators to rubber stamp everything that he does and uh, cast aside the Hmm. rightly elected, uh, duly elected uh, legislature. Maduro has said the assembly is the country's only chance at securing peace and prosperity. That's common rhetoric of a dictator, by the way. It's their only chance at securing peace and prosperity after four months of unrest and anti-government protests that have left more than 120 people dead. The Philippines reported its first outbreak of bird flu on Friday, and Agriculture Secretary Emmanuel Pinol said 400,000 birds will have to be killed to contain the spread of the poultry disease. There's been no case of human transmission so far. Um, The avian flu outbreak was detected in a farm in a town in Pampagna province that's north of the capital of Manila. To get away from some of the uh, the, uh, sort of bad news of the day, I was just going to mention that Facebook on Wednesday made its biggest move to date to compete in the television market by expanding its video offerings with programming ranging from professional women's basketball to a safari show and a parenting program. The redesigned product, which is called Watch, instead of videos on your Facebook tab, Uh will be called Watch now, will be available initially to a limited group in the United States on Facebook and on its mobile app, its website, and its television apps. Reuters reported in May that Facebook had signed deals with 
millennial-focused news and entertainment creators. That includes Vox Media, BuzzFeed, ATTN, and Group 9 Media. Facebook said the shows that they would now include are of things like Women's National Basketball Association, that parenting show I mentioned from Time, Inc., a safari show from National Geographic, and Facebook is already broadcasting some major league baseball games. So mm. be a, there'll be a new place to go and watch sports um, beyond just your regular television or streaming uh, apps. Wow, there the world's changing. Who would have ever thought that Facebook would become a provider for video content right. to compete with Alphabet Inc.'s YouTube and everything you can find on YouTube and Google and, of course, all the cable TV companies and regular television broadcast companies as well. So very interesting. Well, Chris, yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about the, I guess, not necessarily bad news, at least not at this point. Uh, a lot of our relatives and friends in the States are concerned for Guam because of the media uh, basically dwelling on the story that uh, the dictator in North Korea, Kim, Kim Jong-un, has threatened to missile Guam, of course, as we've heard over and over again in the news. And this has gotten so much airtime that it's created a hysteria almost um, amongst many of our friends in the States worried about us. Yeah. And, you know, the unusual thing is here, there's like a sense of real calm and peace and life is as usual and kind of business as usual. Yeah. Um, our friends in South Korea, kind of the same thing. They deal with this all the time. The threats are, are always there. And I don't think it's that we're sticking our head in the sand. I think it's that we have uh, a confidence first off in, you know, the U.S. military that we are in good hands. But I think even more so for believers, we have this confidence that God is in control. Doesn't mean that we are perfectly protected and will never face any kind of harm. God can be in control and we can uh, find ourselves in a dangerous situation. It doesn't mean God's no longer in control. But you guys on the on the Take Note show uh, this week, you've talked a little bit about different spiritual themes that would help people think right about this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I think what you just said was part of our Wednesday broadcast when we talked about the word safety and how it is used, especially in the Old Testament. There's a number of references to safety in the Old Testament. Um, one of them that we used as kind of the theme for the day was from Proverbs 21:31, which says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle. Uh, for us today, you could think about something like the THAAD missile system mm -hmm. or any kind of uh, weapon system that's designed to protect or that you would go to war with. And that day was the horse for the day of battle. Um, but safety is of the Lord. And so we're thankful for the THAAD missile system. We're thankful for our military. We're certainly thankful for um, anyone in the, the government that's trying to protect Guam. But ultimately, safety is going to be of the Lord. And so we have to understand that um, we need to talk about all the geopolitical things that that uh, affect us. Those aren't things that can be ignored, but we have to understand that in the final analysis, uh, the, the sort of the ultimate uh, protection is from the Lord. And so we talked about safety 
um, on the Wednesday broadcast, and then we kind of moved into God is Our Refuge on Thursday, and uh, I thought that was interesting, too, that that um, it came up in our—we were doing our, our um, orientation meetings for Harvest Ministries, and this verse came up, and I thought, I'm going to use that for take note, just because I had seen this verse before, but there are pieces of it that really hit me for the day, and that was uh, Psalm 62, 8, which says, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And I thought all the all the pieces of that were really important to remember yesterday when, when we were when everything was in the news. Trust in him at all times. That includes this time. All ye people, basically everybody, trust in the Lord at all times. And then pour out your heart before him. Say you are concerned, you are scared, you are in a panic, you are having anxiety. Pour out your heart before him, and then God is our refuge. That's a a safe place. In many places in the Old Testament, we have the the literal picture of rain and storms pounding on something, and that word refuge is used like a literal refuge. And so, what you have is God is that for us. And so the real things that come and hit us, like the the physical things, and then also the mental things, the spiritual things, the emotional things that hit us as well, God is a refuge for us. So, you know, trying to point people to the Lord and not to the, you know, we also talked about this in orientation, looking vertical rather than looking horizontal, because a lot of times when you're looking horizontal, you forget all about these principles that God has already outlined for you in his word. And so we don't want to forget that. We want to make sure that's before us all the time. Well, you know, the verse that the Lord used in my life when I was 18 years old in basic training was Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then it gives this list of all these catastrophic type things that could happen. You know, the, the mountains could be removed and the waters roar and I mean, some of the scariest things you can experience, God is our refuge and our strength. And yep. as as Christians, we we have to remind ourselves of that during these trying times and during times that might be fear-inducing, and we can't be in the grips of fear. Uh, fear is a natural response. God's given us that. It, it actually keeps us in, in, safe by you know, re- recognizing when there's danger. The Bible even says a, a, a wise man sees danger far off and avoids it. So, you know, we want to be wise, but when it all comes down to it, we're not fatalists. We don't just say, well, whatever happens, happens. But there is this sense that we can trust that no matter what is happening, that God is in control. And although our safety, the physical safety of our bodies is a very temporary concept anyway, the safety of being in God's care is the comfort that we need during trying times, and that's what we want to share with others. And, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed so much on social media that it really is incendiary um, and incites fear, and I want to encourage our listeners that when you're on social media to make sure you're posting things that, that remind people of who God is, and although the news can be scary, and the news is, you know, if you're if you're uh, communicating facts, that's one thing. But just be careful to always make sure that you're glorifying God with what you're posting, because you want to draw attention back to Him. Yeah. You want to give glory to Him. You don't want to uh, unduly scare people and uh, create like a panic in people. 
we have a, a lot of people here in Guam that, you know, as they communicate, people in the States are looking at that saying, oh, this must be the truth because they're experts. And so we just want to be careful. You and I have talked before, too, about reposting things and making sure that we're accurate about that as well. Yeah. And, and people will respond to you with a little more fear than you have. I noticed right. that. that yep. That uh, either they send you a message or they send. So I I I just posted something. Um, it was the governor's address on I guess it was on Wednesday, and um, some people messaged me and posted things that were much more fearful than I was at that moment. And so again, they're 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 seeing it and thinking, oh no, they're not sure what the conditions are here, and so there may be. They may be more fearful than you are. Like we, maybe we're not experiencing a, a lot of anxiety because of this, because it's happened before, and uh, somebody else that's outside of it, because of their proximity, they're completely far away from it. They have a completely different perspective on it than we do, and and so you gotta you gotta make sure you're reassuring them. Um, I, I find sometimes that's the people who are away from it. You know, people think that about missionaries too. Missionaries will be in dangerous places and there'll be an earthquake and it'll be a thousand miles from the place where your missionary is. And it will say, are you okay? Did your house fall down? And you say, well, that, look, that's a thousand miles from us. Right. You know, it's not. Uh, so uh, sometimes that proximity can create more anxiety rather than less. Sure. And we so. need to pass on that grace that God gives us. We we ask God to give us that peace that passes all understanding when we're in the midst of, of uh, scary times, and then as we're able to tap into that that peace that God gives us, we can communicate that to others. Doesn't mean that we're ignoring the facts. Doesn't mean that we act like there's no problem. When there is a problem, we need to be wise again. But uh, we are trying to be extra careful here at KHMG to make sure whatever we do put out is, is helpful, accurate, uh, whether it's the news, like the SRN News, or something that Chris talks about on his show, or whether it's uh, something that we rebroadcast, we just want to make sure that it's always accurate. You'll look at our social media, our, our Facebook page and Twitter and things like that. We'll always try and, if we post anything or put a link out there, we try and make sure that it's it's accurate, kind of firsthand source type stuff so that we never promote fear or hysteria because we do feel a responsibility to make sure we're communicating the truth. Yeah. And, uh, we, and we're glad to be here. We, we do that for storms when there's, I mean, we give the daily weather report and sometimes the weather goes really bad and we have to be in here 24 hours a day to give the storm reports and things like that. Um, you know, this is, this is a similar situation where we just want to make sure we've got the facts and pass that on to people. So, and Chris will do that. If there's anything to communicate, he'll be up here putting it out on our Facebook page, on our radio station as, uh, you know, if some big event happens, you'll hear it through 88.1 FM. Yep, we'll be here. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, thank you very much uh, for uh, your time today, and thanks for what you're doing on the radio. And hopefully it won't be a big news weekend, and you won't have to come back in. You can just work on your 365 project. I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate it. Yep. And listeners, we hope that uh, that at least gives you a little bit of reassurance that when it comes to interpreting information that's out there, just make sure you're being discerning about it, what you post and repost, that it's accurate, that you're never generating undue anxiety or fear. If you ever have any problem with fear or anxiety, you know you can contact us through our Facebook page. Send us a personal message, Harvest Family Radios on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. We can send you a link maybe to a good broadcast. It'll help 
calm those fears. So contact us through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. We'll send you a link to a few of our podcasts. And uh, you can also get a hold of us through our website, khmg.org. I was just talking to someone today that's battling anxiety. I told him, listen to a few good podcasts uh, uh, or listen to the word and let that calm your heart because I think God's word can give you strength and peace in times of trouble. Psalm 46, one, God's our refuge and strength. Let's take a short break. When we come back, a few stranger than fiction stories. And I want to talk a little bit about North Korea, some things you might not know about North Korea. So stick around. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 226 on this Friday, August 11th. 4.47 p.m. here at KHMG. More live till 5 after this short break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me while I'm on this old tedious journey. I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand, Lord. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. We're down to the last nine minutes of the show. It's Friday, August 11th, 4.51 p.m. If you're listening to the live broadcast, if you're listening to the rebroadcast, you're listening on Saturday between noon and two, noon and two, or Sunday night, seven to nine p.m. One quick stranger than fiction story. Saw a little video about this, and then there's also a story on Reuters. Oddly enough, from Munich, fed up with the grind of taking a bus or bike to work every day on congested streets of Munich, Benjamin David started swimming there instead. The burly beer garden worker now packs his laptop and clothes in a waterproof bag, which he puts on his back, dons his wetsuit, and slides into the river Isar for his journey. It's a beautifully refreshing and also the fastest way, he told Reuters Television. I used to go by bike or bus or car or on foot, and you need much longer. Today, the current was quite strong. I only needed about 12 minutes. However, in the winter, which which flows near the center of the Bavarian capital... The river flows in the center of the Bavarian capital. It can get quite chilly. Temperatures are about 4 degrees. I mostly do this in the summer. I'm a bit of a wimp. But you can also do it in winter. Then I've got uh, a, a longer wetsuit. Basically, has a short wetsuit. Very interesting. Swimming to work. Can you imagine swimming to work? Hopefully, uh, I'll never have to make that decision. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about North Korea as we wrap up the show. A couple interesting things I read about North Korea. For example... It is very hard to get accurate information on North Korea. So take this with a grain of salt. The annual gross domestic product per capita is about $1,800, which ranks 197th in the world, according to the CIA World Factbook. GDP is 28 times higher in the U.S. and 18 times higher in South Korea. About half of North Korea's population of the 24 million live in, quote-unquote, extreme poverty. One-third of the children are stunted in their growth due to malnutrition. Average life expectancy in North Korea, 69. It's fallen by five years since early 1980s, according to a blog of the North Korea Economy Watch. Inflation may be as high as 100% due to mismanagement of the currency. Most workers earn 2 to $3 per month in pay from the government. Some work on the side or sell goods in local markets, earning an extra $10 per month or so. 
Most homes and apartments are heated by open fireplaces burning wood or briquettes. Many lack flush toilets. Electric power is sporadic and unreliable with homes that have electricity often receiving just a few hours per day. Let's see here. Families that can afford them often have two televisions, according to the new Focus International, a website that features dispatches from North Korea exiles. One TV is preset to state channels airing propaganda, while the second illegal set is used to watch South Korean TV programs. Even so, fluctuating voltage electrical current often causes the screens to keep changing size, going from big to small repeatedly. Some of the most popular contraband items are DVDs of South Korean TV shows, which North Koreans often trade or sell among themselves. It goes on and on, including 1.5 million mobile phone users in North Korea, but service is spotty and no internet is available. One popular use for mobile phones is the torch to provide light when the power goes out at night. And Kim Jong-un may be worth as much as $5 billion with a B, $5 billion, according to South Korean news organization. The money comes from state-run enterprises as well as sales of narcotics, counterfeiting, and other types of criminality. It is believed to, he, it's believed to be held in hundreds of bank accounts outside of North Korea. Very interesting. And in this last couple of minutes of the show, this is from Open Doors World Watch List 2017, a ranking of the top 50 countries where Christians face the most severe persecution for their faith. And number one on the list is North Korea. Extreme persecution. They rank 92 out of 100% extreme persecution. The worst place to live on earth for Christians is North Korea. Once again, according to this World Watch, North Korea is ranked at the most oppressive place in the world for Christians, number one on the World Watch list. In the totalitarian communist state, Christians are forced to hide their faith completely from government authorities, neighbors, and often even their own spouses and children. Due to the ever-present surveillance, many pray with their eyes open and gathering for praise or fellowship is practically impossible. Worship of the ruling Kim family is mandated for all citizens and those who don't comply, including Christians, are arrested, imprisoned, tortured, or killed. Entire Christian families are imprisoned in hard labor camps where unknown numbers die each year from torture, beatings, overexertion, or starvation. Those who attempt to flee to South Korea through China uh, risk execution or life imprisonment, and those who stay behind often fare no better. Though local partners op- through local partners, Open Doors is serving Christians in North Korea by providing them with emergency relief aid, along with Bibles, books, other discipleship materials. Open Door partners in China also provide shelter and aid for Christians who have fled North Korea. Uh, there, there's a map here of all the different North Korea prison camps, and there are quite a few, and it's just very interesting. I've heard reports of people that have fled North Korea through China, and then they repatriate to South Korea, and the stories that come out of there are really almost unbelievable. So, when we hear North Korea in the news so much, it does make us fearful about our own safety, but as Christians... Every time you hear North Korea, why don't we remind ourselves to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ in North Korea? There are believers there. They are so hidden and so persecuted. They need our prayer support. I've heard of different ministries. I believe World Magazine sponsored a ministry that was sending balloons, healing balloons, with Bibles and Christian literature into North Korea from the South Korean border. 
And it's just amazing. We live here in the land of the free and the home of the brave with really no actual threat at this time to our Christianity. And yet our brothers and sisters in Christ in North Korea are under extreme persecution in the most oppressive nation on the planet. That is the story that burdens my heart the most at this time, is just the, the state of Christianity in North Korea is so oppressive and so dangerous. It's one of those things that should drive us to pray for those in North Korea. Pray that the gospel will spread. Pray that God will protect those believers that are there. Give them boldness to stand up for Christ. And then we can find a diplomatic solution so we don't have to go to war, but we can see peace. Ultimately, until the Lord returns, there won't be any long-lasting peace. So we're praying that the Prince of Peace returns. Even so come, Lord Jesus, and uh, protect those believers in North Korea and protect us here in Guam. We need God's protection. Christians, we need to be able to stand for truth, not be afraid to share the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And uh, we are very blessed here. And that'll do it for our show today, Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It's episode 226 on this Friday, August 11th here at KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Glad to have you with us. The fastest two hours of my whole week. Hope you have a great weekend.